back. There's a million things I want to say to you. So I'll just keep it to this, though. Otherwise, um, we'll be here forever. Um, Matthew 20, 29 through 34. I think we have it up there. And let's read it. As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd uh, followed them. And there were two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the crowd demanded that they shut it up. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus stopped and he called them and he said, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, open our eyes. And 34 Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately they could see, and then they followed him. This is God's word, and I think it's a good word to uh, start our church year on, even though Lindley informed me again, we started last week. I'm starting this week, okay? Good, good word to start our church year on because in it, Matthew uh, gives us one, a model of persistent and humble prayer and two, a picture of the Lord's compassionate heart. And these are two things that are very important for us now. Okay, right at, at this moment. And these two things will become increasingly important as his return uh, gets closer. Okay, and, and near as the clock keeps ticking. Okay, so the longer that we are at this following Jesus thing, the more endurance and the more persistence and the more perseverance that we will need to exhibit. OK, like it's not like it gets easier as you go. Right. OK. Races get harder at the end. And as the days grow increasingly difficult, we will need to trust even more that Jesus heart is full of compassion and kindness. OK, because when you start to doubt that part of him, uh, everything else starts to crumble. At, this, at its very core, you have to say that God is love. He is compassionate. He is merciful, regardless of all the other stuff that's happening, uh, whether in your own life or in, uh, in the nation. So I think this is a great place to start 2023. So let's get to it. First, we're given a model of humble prayer. So verse 29, they're leaving Jericho, a large crowd. Following them. So at this point in the story, they're leaving or entering Jericho. Different gospels record it a little bit differently. And Jesus happens upon two blind men. Mark tells us one of their names is Bartimaeus, which is a great name. Just pregnant people. Bartimaeus. Okay. And these two men, they, they cry out. They say, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Okay, we'll deal with the son of David bit in a second. But first, look at how they're addressing Jesus, okay? They're addressing him as those totally dependent on him for whatever sort of mercy he's willing to show, right? Like, this is the posture. You have everything. We have nothing. What do you got? Okay? Have Have mercy, Please. Okay, and it's possible that Matthew places this story um, of of blind men who have nothing uh, in Matthew 20 right after the story of the rich man who has everything in Matthew 19 purposefully. Okay, maybe he put these together on purpose because the rich man is likely dependent on his wealth and and self-righteousness and the blind people are dependent on everyone else. Right. Like 
They, they, they can't trust themselves. They can't see. They can't do anything. They're dependent on the favor of another party for their life rather than their own merit. Right opposite the guy in 19. Okay, their own merit, their own skill, know-how, physical um, prowess gains them nothing. Therefore, they need mercy. Okay, clear? They're blind. They, they have nothing. They, they need someone else to take care of them. So as we begin praying this year, it should sound like this. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. We need you for our life. We need you for our next breath. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. Lord, we have nothing. You have everything. Have, have mercy on us. So our prayer and our lives should be marked with humility, not arrogance or presumption. Okay? They're, they're not shouting at, at Jesus, hey, come give us what you owe us. Saying, Lord, have mercy. So first, I think that the posture of prayer matters. Let's do it like the blind guys. Second, knowing who you're praying to uh, matters matters quite a bit. So who did they think they were praying to? Next verse, they heard that Jesus was passing by. They've heard about him, right? And we're so just back up a little bit. We're in Matthew 20, 28. This thing's done. So we are like bearing down on on Jerusalem, right? Jesus is about to set his face and go. And do the bit. So we're almost at the end of the gospel. Those last couple chapters just take forever, but it's really not that much um, time passed. So Jesus at this point is a big deal, okay? Like after Jesus' resurrection, he's walking with the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and they say, he says, What are you guys doing? And they're like, You don't know? Because everyone knows, right? Okay, so they've heard about Jesus. He's a big deal at this point. They hear he's passing by, and so they cry out, Lord, have mercy on us. Son of David, okay? They recognize that Jesus is the rightful ruler in God's coming kingdom. He is the son of David, the promised messianic king. So this name, son of David, comes from who, you think? David, maybe? The son of Max? Where's that come from, Max? Yeah, okay. Son of David, it comes from 2 Samuel 7, which... I preached on Christmas Day. Terry alluded to last week, so we'll hit it one more again today. Second Samuel 7. Uh, so the prophet comes to David, and he says, David, when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, when, when you die, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body. I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my Son, right? Son of God, son of David. So the son of David in the, in the storyline of, of the scriptures, what Israel is hoping for, we are hoping for, is God's appointed agent, okay? His arm, his ambassador, his, his vice warrior, who will, 2 Samuel 7, rescue Israel from all of her enemies, who will rule from Mount Zion and have all the nations of the earth as his inheritance, Psalm 2. He will shatter the king, wicked kings of the earth on his day of wrath, Psalm 110, and he will bring peace on the earth, right? Isaiah chapter 9. And it's this appointed son of God, son of David, uh, son of Abraham, seed of the woman Carries with it lots of other expectations that we've hit over and over and over and over and over. And we'll continue to hit over and over and over and over until he comes and then he can just tell you. Right? Yeah. You know, 
And you'll see it, but just to cover a bunch of the, the, the aspects of, of what's expected from this guy, I just want to read Isaiah 35 in full, because we're a church and we can read whole chapters of the Bible. All right. So Isaiah 35 is in the middle of a bunch of oracles about um, the, the Messianic king, the Messianic kingdom, and the day of the Lord. Like it's Isaiah is just like, pop, 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 pop. okay. And so Isaiah 35, you get kind of the full flavor of what this guy's going to do. What Israel's expecting him to do. And so as I read through Isaiah 35, see if you can pick out why these blind guys are so jazzed that the son of David's walking by. Okay? See why they're like, oh, it's him. Let's let's shout and scream. Isaiah 35, which I was just reading this this week and uh, up in my dungeon. And um, I'm just smiling. If you guys are laughing, reading this, it's so wonderful. The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a wild flower. It will blossom abundantly and will also rejoice with joy and singing. So you farmers, your crops just out there like a choir. Okay. The glory of Lebanon... Uh, which is rain, will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, which is trees, uh, will be given to it. Then they, the, the scattered tribes of Israel throughout the earth, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Verse 3, strengthen the weak hands, steady the shaking knees. We're going to come back to that in a second. Say to the cowardly, be strong. Don't fear. Which Joshua 1, right? Be strong. Don't, don't be afraid. Here is your God. Here, here's the day of the Lord. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming for the wicked, but he will save you, right? God's glory and salvation through judgment. Then the eyes of the blind, verse 5, will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. I just had um, Carl Pedigo in my room. I am reading this. Okay. I believe I, I'm, I believe Carl's going to be healed before Jesus returns, uh, but definitely when Jesus does return, Carl is going to look like Michael Jackson. Okay, the lame will leap like a deer; the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Water will gush in the wilderness, streams in the desert. The parched ground will become a pool. The thirsty land springs in the haunt of jackals in their lairs. There will be grass, reeds, and papyrus. Is it papyrus or papyrus? Whatever, okay? Whatever you do, never use that as a font, okay? <laughs> Verse 8, a road will be there and a way. It will be called the, the holy way, highway of holiness, depending on your translation. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for the one who walks the path. Fools will not wander on it. So just a funny note here, Bible translation. Um, this could mean there's no fools on the road, which would be fine. But the ESV translated, uh, even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. So even if you're a, a dummy in the age to come, you stay on the road. Like God has given us bumpers. Okay, whichever one it, it, it means. Sorry. Verse 9, there will be no lion there. No vicious beast will go up on it. They will not be found there. But the redeemed will walk on it. The ransomed of the Lord will return. Matthew 20, he will give his life as a ransom. For many, the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. And joy and gladness will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee. Amen. Let's stand. Right, like Maranatha. So the point of Isaiah 35, why we're putting it here, is that the son of David will do this, okay? 
that the seed of the woman, the arm of the Lord, he will open blind eyes. He will make the lame walk. He will make the dumb sing. This is who they're crying out to. Okay, because the point here is knowing who you're praying to matters. This is who they're crying out to. Son of, of David. Not some generic God they made up. They're, they're like a specific deity. Specific God they're praying to. The son of of David. And so just for application here, my my exhortation for us would be to familiarize ourselves more and more and more with who the scriptures portray our Lord to be and pray into that. Okay? Now, does does the Lord answer our generic God in the sky, man in the sky prayers? Absolutely. Okay? Like I think he hears the prayers of our children more than he hears mine, you know. They don't you know, but I've got a degree. He doesn't. The Lord hears that prayer, right? When we pray, though, as we grow in faith, as we grow in the scripture, we want to pray into the Lord, who the Lord says he is. So when we engage our hearts in prayer, it's not to generic man in the sky. It's to the God of Israel that met with Abraham in the land of Ur. Like on a real day in history, God came down and spoke with Abraham. That's who we're praying to, who's made specific promises. To do specific things, and it's those aspects of his word and his character that we want to pray into. Okay, I have a, a, a friend who, um, or I, I, I have two examples. Uh, John Spoon would always, how did he always start his prayers? Oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, you've heard that 10 million times, right? What is he praying? He's Praying to this God, right? I have, a, I have another friend who always starts his prayers, um, a, a, a shield of Abraham. Because that's what God calls himself, right? And you, you, you pray that way. You're praying from, from the scriptures. And it's bringing your heart and mind to this specific God who promised to do this specific things. And it causes your heart to come alive. So to, to shorten that, I just say pray according to the covenants, Okay. Pray according to what God has promised to Eve and Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets. Pray, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay? So we want to pray with humility. We want to pray according to the covenants. And then third, we want to pray with persistence, which is the hardest of, of the three. Okay? Well, humility is harder because we're terrible. But persistence is hard, uh, is hard too. So they heard Jesus was passing by. They cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And then 31, the crowd demanded that they keep quiet. So they quit. Good reading comprehension, guys. No, they cried out all the more. They said, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And so I just want to, we want to pray this way. Okay. Shut up. And we go, no. And we just keep we keep praying with, with all uh, the obstacles and setbacks and opposition. Pray without ceasing. Pray without quitting. Okay? So if it's your, your own healing, like these men, pray for the Lord to complete that work until you are actually healed. Okay? I prayed one time. Prayed 5,000 times. Are you healed yet? No? Well, just keep praying. Like, I think this is the what the scripture is giving us. Pray for strength to endure it and stay on the path in the meantime, okay? Because God is going to heal you, right? He, he's absolutely going to ultimately when he raises your body from the dirt and it never hurts again, okay? But he, he sends his spirit and heals bodies now. And so until you are healed, pray. And it's the same for someone else's healing, okay? Do not quit. Don't quit. 
This kind of prayer doesn't guarantee they'll be healed in this age before the resurrection. But it is the call of God on our lives too. Until there is no longer breath in their lungs. Okay. Or in like special cases of resurrections. After breath is out of their lungs. Okay. The call of God on us is to keep praying. Okay. Keep crying out. Son of David. Have have mercy. And I say this because God will reward that kind of faith. Okay, sometimes in this age, people do get healed like these two blind men. We've seen it multiple times in our own body, like multiple times in our own body. But even if, if God doesn't heal in this age, he certainly will in the age to come. And so some of us, by which I mean all of us, right? If you've been a member of our church for any amount of time, we have prayed and we have believed God, and we've laid hands, and we've anointed with oil, and we've fasted, and we've wept, and, and we've probably done other stuff too that the Bible doesn't tell us to, but we're so desperate, we're just trying everything. And we've done that over and over and over and over for those who, who are in need of healing, and God didn't answer that petition in the present. Because right? we, we did their funerals. But that doesn't mean that our prayer, or our weeping, or our fasting, or our anointing, or whatever, doesn't mean those things were in vain. Okay? That is not how you should interpret non-healings. Okay? That, that's, a, that's a dangerous road to go down. That's not how we interpret it. Those prayers, according to the Lord, whose opinion is the one that matters, those prayers are not a waste. God is, Hebrews 11, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Who persistently seek him. Who continue crying out. Son of David have mercy. He rewards. Who, who follow after him in faith. Even when they don't see the promise fulfilled in their lifetime. Right? Which is all of Hebrews 11. Okay? So you, you, what, what, is, what does great faith look like? Does it look like a person who every single prayer um, gets answered? Hebrews 11 says the total opposite. Okay? Hebrews 11 is, is people who believed and trusted God with persistence, with all the obstacles, with all the trials. They kept at it, and yet they did not receive the promise now. And we have a whole section of our Bible. It's not inspired, but every Bible I've ever read has the, the hall of faith right there. You mean all the people whose prayers didn't get answered? Those are our heroes of the day. <laughs> Hebrews eleven thirteen, These all died in faith. Not in unbelief, right? They all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised to them. You got to deal with that, okay? But our gospel says that they will, First Peter 1, they will receive their reward, the outcome of their faith at the revelation, at the return of Jesus, right? These all died in faith. Peter's readers died in faith, but they will receive the outcome of their faith when the Lord returns. So the point here is in prayer, we persist. We don't we, we, we don't quit. God sees and God will reward. And, and so like this doesn't just concern prayer. This is the entire Christian life. OK, this, this is this is what discipleship is. It is endurance and it is perseverance. Like it's a very real scenario where someone, for whatever reason, asks you, hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Your answer, and you would be 100% accurate, could just be, it's just not quitting. Right? <laughs> like, I just, you just don't quit. 
Like you wake up and you follow Jesus through the day and you fall on your face and you get back up and you fall on your face and then you get back in bed and then you wake up the next day and you do it again and you do that thing as long as there's breath in your life. I guess that's, that's discipleship. That's an accurate answer. Not, not quitting. Okay, so now how, no matter how many times, that the, just to pull out of the passage here, the crowd or your flesh or the devil tells you to quit, we do not draw back. Okay, we, we do not quit. Like these blind guys, we cry out all the more because we know the son of David will answer and he will reward because he is full of compassion and he is full of mercy. And he's not a liar. Okay, that's why we pray according to the covenants because we know those will. Okay, he's already said, I have, you know, all the promises of God are yes and amen in, in this guy. Okay, Jesus will respond to the heart of faith that endures, which is Hebrews 12, which comes after 11, so this is fun. Um, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us from Hebrews 11, right? We have have these examples of the life of of faith, of being faithful to the end, even though we were sawn in two and tarred and feathered and all all the stuff. We have this large crowd surrounding us. Let us lay aside every hindrance. So, So every crowd telling us to quit and be quiet and shut up, let us lay that aside and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him. Oh, that's Isaiah 35 again, right? Verse 10, the ransom of the Lord will come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy, joy and gladness will overtake them. For the joy that set before, that lay before him, he endured the cross. He despised, despising the shame. Shut up, you blind guys. No, keep going. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and received his reward. So do you, do you see the same kind of picture in uh, Bartimaeus and in Jesus, in, in us here? Jesus was persistent in enduring difficulty to enter glory. Okay? Cup of suffering before glory. These men are persistent in enduring opposition to receive their sight. And we must be persistent and not quit to inherit eternal life. Okay? I know this sermon is old, but I'm going to preach it again next week. They didn't quit, and we're not quitting because they know, and we know, that the Son of David rewards. Okay? Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider him and his example. Why? So that you won't grow weary and give up. So the author of Hebrews says... I don't want you to give up, so look at how Jesus endured hostility. Look at how he endured the the crowds. I'm showing you this so that you won't grow weary and give up. Then he goes into the bit about trials and difficulties actually being disciplined from our Father to shape us and mold us because our dad loves us. and, 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 And they're designed to mature us and help us inherit the coming kingdom. And then verse 12, therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees. Isaiah 35.3. And make straight paths. That's Isaiah 35.9. For your feet so that was lame may not be dislocated but be healed instead that you might receive your sight. Okay? So it's almost like the author of Matthew read Isaiah and the author of Hebrews read Matthew. And they're all telling the same story. About how persistence and not quitting and endurance is necessary for God's people to inherit eternal life. So if you don't hear... Anything this morning, hear this. 
It is uh, a new year, Lindley. There's going to be all sorts of new opposition, all sorts of new enemies and trials and, and whatever, you know, the, the enemy throws the kitchen sink at you trying to get you to quit. So the sermon this morning is don't. Don't. Ask the Lord for mercy and the power of the Spirit to keep on, and He will give it. Okay? Okay? Your fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts. How much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So ask. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Not that that's not good, it's just this is better. 32 uh, Jesus stopped because He heard them. He called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Which is an odd thing to ask some blind guys. Lord, they said to him, open our eyes. And then the good stuff. Moved with compassion. Jesus touched their eyes. And immediately they could see. So it's been several weeks since we've worked through uh, Matthew, but remember, immediately preceding this story is Jesus teaching on his role as the servant of all, as the one who goes low to serve others and give his life. So Matthew 20, 26, right before this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So he's just said this. And now, here he is, on the way to Jerusalem, on the way to the cross, bending low and serving. So what Matthew's doing is linking his healing ministry in this story with his death in the previous story, right? Give his life as a ransom for many, as a servant. Now he's healing people, putting these two things together. Just like Isaiah 35 does this. Isaiah 35, 4 and 6. He himself bore our sicknesses, carried our pains. He was pierced, so... Healing and now cross. He was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. Cross and, 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 and the healing ministry, he's tying these together. So Jesus, the, the, the Messiah, the suffering servant, the son of David, he's going up to Jerusalem to give his life as a ransom for many. And in doing so, on his way, he's showing the heart and compassion and love and mercy of God. This is what drives the cross. Okay? Like like God's heart drives the cross. God's heart drives Jesus. This is the compassion of God is why there is a gospel. Because God has compassion for the world. Right? Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to save the whole thing, man. This is what he is doing. God is full of love and God, first John, God is love. This is who he is. God loves the world. So he sent his son. Paul takes this, makes it pretty. Romans 5, 8 says God proves his love, shows his love, exhibits his love, makes known. What kind of love does God have? He proved it this way. Then while we were still helpless, blind, destitute, beggarly, while we were still sinners, Christ died. For us, the Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is the heart of Jesus. 
from the foundation of the world, right? The lamb slain, this is the heart of Jesus in this story, and this is still the heart of, of Jesus, okay? The compassion that moved Jesus in this story is the same compassion that's moving him today, okay? Like, there's his ascension did not change his character, right? On the way up, he's like, I'm different now. Nope, same heart. Same heart. So this should bring great comfort to us, to, to members of, of CLC, if you're a believer, that Jesus is still compassionate and merciful towards you. That, that should bring you great comfort. If you're in need of mercy today and need of compassion today, cry out to the son of David. Okay? He will move. He will touch. And he will heal. And if you're an unbeliever in the room... I want to tell you that Jesus is still, like in this story, still passing by. And if you've never cried out to him before, today is the day, okay? And you know, I don't know what to cry out. Here's the script. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. I know I deserve death and hell and the grave for my sins. And I need mercy and I need forgiveness. And it's found in your cross. And so if you're an unbeliever and you start to, to cry out and you're like a lot of humans, it's likely... But as you begin to cry out, there's going to be opposition, just like there is here. You don't mean it. Okay? I think this is a a big hurdle for uh, adults who are going to turn to the Lord as they've lived 30, 40, 50, 60 years one way. And then they're like, I'm I'm going to repent and turn. turn." And the enemy, opposition just comes in and says, it's not real. The last 60 years is who you are. This is about This is impossible. You can't turn from your sin. It'd be too hard to follow Jesus. This is the only life you've ever known. So if you're an unbeliever this morning and that opposition is coming up, the story here still gives you the script. Cry out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You who are blind and destitute, dead in your sins, put your trust in Jesus. Put your faith in the Son of God and he will heal you from your sin and raise your body on the last day. So if you have questions about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, to follow him wholeheartedly, you're sitting next to a member of our church, they can tell you. Or you can talk to me or any of our elders uh, after today. Okay, last section um, here. Robert, if you would help us, please. Thank you. Verse 33. They said to him, Lord, they said to him, Open our eyes. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. And immediately they could see. And then last thing here, they followed him. Okay? So the relationship to Jesus didn't end after the healing, right? Or like in our case, like you, you walked down an aisle and came to an altar. There's life after that. <laughs> they followed him. The proper response to the compassion and the mercy of God is to follow him and to take up your cross and to walk his narrow way and to endure to the end. Right. The, the, the woman comes up to Jesus. Right. She said, nor do I condemn you. Jesus says to her. And then what does Jesus say? Now go and sin no more. Right. Same thing here. They're, they're healed. They, they receive compassion and mercy from God. And the response is to then. Follow him. So our, our receiving of mercy from God, our receiving of compassion from God, our receiving of grace from God is not the end of the race. That's the beginning. That's the start. To continue following him after the thing. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, I just ask that we would... Um,
whether we leave this uh, this worship or or our class after, I just ask that the the compassion of God would be so um, felt and heavy and real and tangible to us today. That this is the heart of Jesus. He is compassionate. He comes and he serves the lowly. He comes to to the blind and and the beggarly and the sinner and the tax collector and the Gentile. Because this is who is who he is. This is his heart. So would you make uh, your compassion real and felt by the Spirit today? God, would you energize us to not quit? God, if there's anyone here today that's right on the tipping edge, the opposition is too loud, they're about to quit, would you send a member of our church to them? Would you send your spirit to them to encourage them? To put life into them, say, don't quit. Stay on the path. God, I ask you for our church, like what Helen... Helen prayed, God, in 2023, we've received mercy, we've received compassion, we've received grace. Let us be like these blind men and now follow you. We've received our sight, now let us follow you. In the name of Jesus, everyone said.